What's up, everybody? In the immortal words of Judy Brown, happiness is a choice, and we are happy you are joining Chip and Zay. Zay, what is going on, my man? It is Monday of Red River Shootout Week. I am out of my mind already. I see that uh, you are wearing your Oklahoma red. No, chill, chill. This ain't no Oklahoma colors. This is Bowie colors. I'm a bulldog. This is a lighter red. See, don't even try to play me like that, Chip. So you're coming in talking crazy, man. This is supposed to be a great week. I'll never wear those colors. 13, Never, 13 and seven, 13 and seven, my man Zay, when he, when he was fired up, when he wasn't, it was 10 and five. Yeah. <laughs> Zay, right. I don't know about you, dog. And I listened to your, uh, your post-game show. You were on point, dog. Appreciate it, man. If, if our listeners who are growing by the day, our Texas Sports Unfiltered fandom, just keeps growing because people are telling other people about what's going on over here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. If they did not listen to the post-game show from Texas 40-14 to 14 victory over Kansas, which we will talk about today, we, we've got, we got to, we're going to, we're going to finish off Kansas. We're going to get into OU, but my man Zay was money in the bank on that post-game show. Way to go, Doc. I appreciate it, man. Uh, you know, Kevin Dunn is one of those guys. He's always going to make you look good. So we got a great team here at Texas Sports Unfiltered, and I'm glad I haven't had to do any post-game, you know, just after the post-game specials to where this Texas team has lost. There's all been dubs, 5-0 and right now, going into the Red River shootout. Hey, couldn't be happier, man, and I can't wait to break down this week. This is one of the best weeks of the year. Oh, it is so good. And, you know, Christian Jones just said it. He's like, this is my favorite game. And it was, it was awesome because, let's be honest, the Texas – Sports information people tell all the players, don't step out. Don't be bringing any bulletin board material to the party this week. And and they all played by the rules. You know, everyone was like, do you hate OU? Okay, not everyone, but Kirk Bowles was asking, do you hate OU? And, and even I said, have they seen a defense like yours? And... Baron Sorrell, by the way, came the closest to saying, he said, they haven't seen us. I'll just say that. They haven't seen us. Um, but then Jalen Ford asked Christian Jones, he said, what are you looking forward to most? And Christian Jones said, at some point in that third quarter, when we're driving the ball, he said third or fourth quarter, when we're driving the ball into the OU end, and we punch it in for that touchdown. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. And I was like, yeah. And he he's he said what we all said. It's the best game in college football. Yeah. The players understand it, Zay. For those who've been there, because they divide the Cotton Bowl at the 50. And the players said it. It's a home and away game at the same time. They come out of the tunnel, they're getting booed louder than they've ever been booed in their lives because they're coming out of the OU end. Then they get across the 50, and it's all 
standing ovation cheers. There's nothing like it, but it's because they divide that cotton bowl at the 50 that you get this crazy dynamic of it being a home and away game at the same time. The sound never goes down. So if you're the team that's winning and doing well, that sound lifts you up like a, like a tidal wave. If you're the team on the other end and you're losing, that sound drowns you like a tidal wave. So it's, there's nothing like it. Yeah, yeah, it's an incredible game. And just, you know, I guess you could kind of compare the cocktail party with Florida and Georgia, but that's not even close, you know, just the whole state fair, big tags, corn dogs, fried Oreos, some of the just craziest food that you could find outside the Cotton Bowl. And then Texas and OU are squaring off for a lot of bragging rights. And now we got Big 12 championship implications on the line, CFP. Implications on the line. Both teams five and zero, oh, like, and they're confident. Dylan Gabriel, that Southpaw, that's a confident dude, man. The way that he just carries himself. The five touchdowns. I watched that Iowa State game. I wasn't watching Notre Dame and Duke because I had to check out OU, see if they would, you know, look at those Cyclones as a trap game. They didn't put 50 points on that ass. So Texas, and they're going to come and pissed off from 49 and 0. So Texas, they're just another team that's in the way. And Steve Sarkeesian, he'll continue to say, or has continued to say these last few weeks, how business-like this team is. And yeah, they're not taking the bait. You know, Baron Sorrell, that ain't no bulletin board material. That's just keeping it real. Yo, they ain't seen us yet. We haven't seen them, but they ain't seen us yet. So Dylan Gabriel, those 16 touchdowns, almost 1,600 yards that you have through the air, I think five touchdowns on the ground. Hey, this is the best defense you're going to face in all the five games that you played, my friend. And, yeah, I think this Horns team is ready. I love what I saw on Saturday against Kansas, Chip. I mean, I've been talking about this team running the football for so long consistently and start taking what the defense gives you, and he did that. Besides that weird last drive to end, in the second quarter going into halftime, I thought that was weird for Sark not to use his timeouts and Quinn Ewers end up throwing this interception. Hey, his play calling was an A minus. He was on point. And Jonathan Brooks, he the man. That dude's the man now. A guy that was backing up Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, 218 yards. Uh, he's so patient, Chip. He's so patient in finding his holes. And once he finds it, pew, the dude's gone. The dude's going, showing us a speed that we didn't think he had, like the 54-yarder after the, uh, um, you know, after all the craziness that's happened in the Kansas game, you're going into halftime 13-7. That was a huge play that was really deflating for the Jayhawks. So balance, baby. You got that balance that I've been looking for all season long. Yes, at times Quinn Ewers has looked really good most of the season, really, but consistently yes this running game has looked good at times but have they looked good both together they showed us that against Kansas and I was really impressed with Steve Sarkeesian in this offense they finally put up 40 points against a team that came in ranked and I know Jalen Daniels didn't play that's obvious and the Horns have got a lot of luck these last three weeks going from Wyoming Baylor and then um 
Kansas to not have their starting quarterbacks play, but you can only play who's in front of you. They took care of business and we're going five and zero until the cotton bowl. You got to love it. Come on, man. Come on, can man. We, I'm trying to find out what the hell's going on with the NCAA statistics because my man, Jonathan Brooks has run for 597 yards and when I go to the NCAA um, rushing yards leaders, they have Audric Estime from Notre Dame, and he's got 591 yards. Apparently, you have to have played in 75% of your team's games, and he hasn't done that. I don't know, because right now – he looks like the nation's leading rusher to me, but I'll wait to see what the NCA. I mean, he's got 597 yards. He's the nation's leading rusher to me. I, yeah. Dude, Jonathan Brooks has a chance to do something crazy. And I listen, I'm going to blow my own horn. I said on Horns 24 7 before the season that he would run for 1,300 yards. I may have sold that man short because he's run for 500 yards in the last three games. Yeah. This dude is, I mean, he's the strength of the football team right now. He's the identity of this offense and this offensive line. They deserve all kinds of praise. I know Jake Majors gets grief. Oh, he struggles with 380-pound nose. Hey, listen, man. We all struggle with 380-pound nose tackles. Okay? <laughs> Jake Majors, where was Jonathan Brooks? Okay, first of all, he averaged about 15 yards a carry on outside zone against Kansas. But he three of his runs were right up the gut in the A-gap, right next to Jake Majors, and he had daylight, baby. Yeah. And so – Say what you want, and I'm sure Brent Venables will go into his witch's cauldron and stir up his pot and come up with some, you know, remedy, attempted remedy. But I'm telling you right now, Jonathan Brooks, he's averaging six force missed tackles per game. Zay, he's Bijan Light. Yeah. Yeah, he really is, man. And a lot of people are going to be hating on that statement, but I'm right there with you, my friend. And, yo, when he ran over Kobe Bryant, y'all remember, we, I was talking about all last week about Kobe Bryant and one of the biggest hits I've seen all year long against that little Mormon boy for the BYU Cougars. And when Jonathan Brooks trucked that dude, I said, yo, he's here. He is here to stay. C.J. Baxter, you did some good things too, man. And, you know, you're not 100%, which says a lot about the freshman, but it's 24's job. Like, it's his job. We're going for Dope Walker at this point. Like, that's what it is. That, that's seriously what it is. And, yeah, like, if they could use Jonathan Brooks as their identity with how much we got on the outside for these wideouts, and yeah, we're going to talk about JT Sanders. Obviously, that's going to be a huge blow. We'll know more on Thursday during the Zoom uh, meeting with Sark, and he'll let us know. But yeah, it, it didn't look good, but Xavier Worthy, how much attention that he draws. You saw Adonai Mitchell in that incredible game that he had over 10 uh 
over 10 catches, 141 yards, and that touchdown. What do you focus on if you're a defensive coordinator? If you're Brent Venables, again, you got Quinn Ewers going VY on them again. Again, he had over another 25-yard touchdown run, which was a big part of just kind of opening up the game for the rest of the team on that first Zay, run. Quinn Ewers has five rushing touchdowns, which is the same amount as Jonathan Brooks. Quinn Ewers has turned into a, like getting rid of the Chick-fil-A and going with the salmon has turned him into – a little bit of a running threat. I mean, yeah. Hey, the way that the Big 12's hating, I wouldn't be surprised if your mark mysteriously made Quinn Ewers take a drug test or something because he's doing stuff that I didn't think was in his game. I even with the weight loss, I wasn't expecting him to run like oh, that big one for the touchdown on the first drive. That was huge, but the second drive. <laughs> In the second half, or the first drive in the second half, excuse me, where he had that three and eight and he got the yardage and he kind of dove his arm across. That was huge, man, because it's still a close game 13 7. You're trying to score. Then Jonathan Brooks takes it to the house. Like that was just a huge momentum shift to keep the drive alive and to keep the chains moving. And I talk about it all the time. If you're a defense and you got everybody locked up, okay, they ain't running the ball. We got everybody covered uh, for a wide receiver standpoint. And then the quarterback who's a white boy who ain't supposed to be that athletic goes and gets first downs like that again, you know, like you got that look like Daniel Hyshaw had after he fumbled that thing. And then the horns took it in. You just kind of like, what, what else do we do? How else do we game plan for this team? Quinn Ewers on that bootleg in the red zone, big time. Like, if you're Brent Venables, you're kind of going crazy trying to figure out, hey, how do we stop these guys? Which way do we go? Clearly, we have to get pressure on Quinn Ewers, and, you know, we can't allow them to run. But if he has time and gets the ball out of his hands in this offensive line, as you mentioned, like, besides one sack I saw, they protected Quinn Ewers very well again. So I'm not worried about that. It's just everything is clicking for this team. The balance is there. Sark talked about the versatility. Man, they look versatile like LeBron James right now. It's a thing to see, and I love it, man. I love it. This is a good time to be a Texas Longhorn fan, and it's a fun time to cover this squad. It really is. Well, I mean, this Texas OU game, it's uh... – I know everyone's talking about Dylan Gabriel's numbers and he's top in pass efficiency and 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. He has not seen this Texas defense, nothing close to it. And I don't think, Oh, you can run the football. I don't, I don't think Dylan Gabriel, I think Dylan Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel is going to be on his back a lot. And that means it's all on the OU defense to confound an offense that has crazy legs, yours suddenly at quarterback, <laughs> yours who loves the big stage, eight OU up in this game a year ago, four touchdowns, over 300 yards passing. Uh, he did have an interception, but um I just I just think this offense this Texas offense with Jonathan Brooks it's now it's now kicking into another gear now 
I get it. The emotion, all this, you got to show up. You got to be physical. You got to be physical from the jump. You can't work your way into this game. You got to come in with the mindset of we are absolutely going to be the most physical team. And when both teams are playing with that mindset, you get a great game. But when one taps out because the other's imposing its will, that's that's when you get what we saw last year or you get some of those blowouts that OU had in the early 2000s. And you better be ready to fight for three and a half hours because there's nothing like this atmosphere. And yeah. I just get the sense that Texas is walking in with a lot of quiet confidence. Yeah, as they should. You know, I mean – just that business-like mentality from week to week, knowing how good you are, all of this leadership that you have coming from seems like every position. And now Jonathan Brooks, he's playing like the best running back in the nation. Like the confidence should be sky high right now for Steve Sarkeesian and this ball club. And that defense that we saw on Saturday, Chip, yeah, they kind of struggled with the triple option at first. And, you know, I, I, it's hard to count that first touchdown, even though it was a big touchdown gang but Jalen Catalan that should have been a fumble going Texas's way it just happens to bounce Daniel Highshaw's way and he ended up taking it in but Jalen Catalan he showed us why he's that dude those three tackles that he had were loud they looked like my 13 and 5 that I averaged my career it was going to be a loud you knew I was going to come coming around with my 13 and 5 because it was going to be loud a big three or something like that it might have been just three tackles but each tackle had a huge impact of that game which is why me and KD gave them defensive player of the game on Saturday even though Jalen Ford let the team in tackles but yeah I think Dylan Gabriel he has his work cut out for him because he is that offense he makes everything go for them with his legs and you know his arm he throws a pretty ball but the dude is injury prone and I think just this Texas squad like I was saying the leadership that they have they're not gonna let anybody just kind of sneak past them or catch them off guard and I think they're gonna play up to the big game and you're not gonna have to worry about all those emotions like you just went to Brian Denny Stadium and got the dub you just played a top 25 team in Kansas and beat them very easily so you've had big games this season and everybody's talking about you national media thinks you're the man all this and that you're getting pat on the back you're probably getting some nookie that you never thought you got before okay cool I'm just saying it's college life we all were in college well some of us were in college we know how it could get so can you dumb it down and stay focused and get a huge dub against your rival going into the bye week where you can hopefully get some guys healthy because now they're dealing with adversity, Chip. You know, we talked about it at the beginning of the season. It's kind of just, you know, it's very rare that you see that 05 type health from the roster where our guy B-Rob, who did a great job with us last week, was the only one that missed the game. Well, now you might miss one of your biggest threats, maybe the first player on this team taken in the draft next year in JT Sanders. You might miss him. I'm The way it looked, Chip, I'm not banking on it, man. I'm banking on Gunnar Helm to take majority of the reps. I just – yeah, it's hard for me to – think that with what we saw and how that leg bent with all you got for the rest of the season, just putting JT Sanders out there. And I don't know what happened to Ryan Watts. What, what happened to him? Did you, they didn't really say, they just said he was out. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So, um, I'm not exactly sure what the injury was, but, um, I was told today by a source that those two are both day to day, like real day to day, which means that's not great. Um, but we'll see, look, if it's Malik Muhammad instead of Ryan Watts, Malik Muhammad's been the highest rated corner on the team. He's played over a hundred snaps. Um, this is going to be a moment for him. And, um, and then with JT Sanders, you know, um, you got Gunnar Helm, you got, you can listen, I'm just going to say this, Zay, Jonte Cook needs to be taking reps from Jordan Whittington. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not saying all of them. Right, right, right. But he needs more because you saw that catch and run. That dude's got, he's got, he's got mercury in his blood, man. Jonte Cook can cook. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm not saying all the reps, but he needs some of those reps. And if, if, if they're going to go one tight end or, and my man, Eric Henry at Horns 24 seven wrote a story today about how, you know, that Malik Agbo package, when he comes in at the other, the heavy tight end position with Gunnar Helm, like Texas still has ways of, of operating with the two, you know, 12 personnel, whatever, but we just need we need to see Jonte Cook get a few more reps, man. Cause that dude is one he's one step from breaking it yeah. every time he touches the ball. Yeah, what's crazy about that, like I was a little nervous about his playing time moving forward because he dropped that big time pass against Wyoming. But since then Baylor and on Saturday against Kansas, he's had two big time catches and this coaching staff is having more and more confidence in him. Jay Witt, like he just brings something different when it comes to his blocking, you know, abilities, but yeah, Jonte, I do think he deserves to be on the field more. I think he's proven that, He's a guy that you could trust even as a freshman. That's just so hard because all of those wide receivers, you know, on the roster, again, Adonai Mitchell, that dude had 141 yards. Xavier Wordy still had seven catches and had some big-time plays. So, yeah, it's tough for everybody to eat, but if they're not with JT Sanders at this point, then you might have to switch it up a little bit and go some 10 personnel and have no tight ends and maybe more of a spread and just have so much speed on that field to a secondary for Oklahoma that hasn't necessarily been tested yet. They've been a lot better than what they were last year. But if you add some serious speed there, if you're not going to have number zero, which our guy Bob just said that we need zero back for the Sooners, ah, don't say that. 
that, Bob. I don't know, man, like, because they might not have a choice, but you would love to have him back. Again, he's just a ridiculous talent, that JT Sanders. But if you do not have him, yeah, switch it up a little bit. Give Brent Venable something that he hasn't seen on film. And if Jonte Cook is a part of that, then I'm good with that. I'm good with you know, Jordan Wendt and Jonte Cook being on the field at the same time, or maybe a little bit more Keelan Robinson. We haven't seen much of him, but yeah. Oh man. You talk about just taking some of Jordan Wellington's minutes, Chip. He came back for a reason. Okay. Listen, and I don't want people to lose their minds, but, and I hear you, David Keith Williams. Yes. Yes. And on the interception, that Quinn threw where he was trying to throw it to Gunnar Helm. He had A.D. Mitchell wide open on the left side. He didn't even get to that part of his progression. He didn't see that linebacker sitting there in zone cover. Bad drive by Sark. That was a bad drive. That was a bad drive. And, and I'm not saying Jontae Cook needs to take Jordan Whittington's spot in the starting <laughs> lineup. I did not say that. I said he needs a few more reps from Jordan Whittington. I, just a few. Because here's the deal. Jontae Cook has four catches for 103 yards. He's averaging 26 yards per catch. That would put him one yard behind the Big 12 leader in yards per catch. And like we said, his last two catches have gone for 51 and 26. The guy is starting to put it together. And Everybody saw that when he catches the ball, he's liquid. He's mercury. This dude is going to be just fine. Like when Worthy moves on to the league, and he will, because he's all about that dough, John Tay Cook is going to be ready. So I'm just saying, you know, he needs, he needs some reps. I'm not, I didn't say he needs to take Jordan Whittington's starting job because, listen, on third down, there is no better receiver than Jordan Whittington. Over the middle, working the flats, working the outs, Jordan Whittington. He is Mr. Third Down. And I'm just saying, let's get John Tate Cook a little more action. I hear Ryan Niblett's killing it. But, but first things first, John Tate Cook. John Tate Cook has shown us. He just needs a few more reps. And how much of a dream would it be for Jonte Cook? You get your first touchdown back home at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas because, you know, people aren't focused on you. They're focused on Xavier. They're focused on Adonai, even Jordan Whittington. And it's not like they're not going to uh, Jordan Whittington. You know, Quinn Ewers on the goal line on that slant, that was a horrible pass. It could have been intercepted if my man was paying attention, but that was to Jordan Whittington. And then that little wheel fade where Jordan Whittington was in the slot, the little fade they had, Jordan Whittington was open. Quinn Ewers, that's just a very difficult pass that he has to put on the money. So they're still going to 13. It's not like he's not getting open. It's just 
been unfortunate that Quinn Ewers hasn't been able to find him consistently, especially compared to the rest of the wide receivers. But, man, shout out to Chris Jackson. I don't think we've brought his name up these last few weeks or so, you know, coming in from the NFL with Jacksonville and just kind of the mark that he's made. Because, you know, it's so easy to just look at Sar because he's calling the plays and Quinn Ewers and the offensive guru type stuff. But Chris Jackson, like these wide receivers are locked in and that goes to what John Day Cook, the confidence that they have in him already. Like he got here in January, so he had that, you know, advantage that some of the other guys didn't that are wide receivers. But hey, that's that's his deal. Like, use that to your advantage. You were here early getting that scouting in, getting that uh, film work in, working on your craft day in and day out, understanding what it takes to go from being a big-time five-star high school wide receiver to just a college player. That adjustment to the game, the college speed, all of that. And Jonte Cook, he looks like that he could be ready to go anytime. So if you have something like a JT Sanders situation for the wide receiver core, I'd be good with number two stepping in and being locked in as ever. Because you're right, Chip. Like that dude, he has something special about him. You could just tell, like that pass that he caught. And again, Kobe Bryant, he was trying to strip that thing. He was trying to go peanut Tillman and Jonte Cook. He had that thing nice and tight, which Adonai Mitchell, one that you had, that might have been a fumble, bro. You had one across the middle, and that – go back and look at that. That might have been a fumble, just – the rest were tripping. Sark did a good job of speeding it up and getting the next play called, and he had a couple of those. But, yeah, taking care of the ball is huge. I didn't like the Quinn Ewers interception. And, Sark, you got three timeouts, man. Like, let him take his time in a way. Like, you did it. That two-minute drill felt so just sporadic. Like, they were, they were taking their time, then they were rushing. And that's what I think Quinn Ewers I got caught up with him in that interception, just making a bad read. You mentioned A.D. Mitchell being open on that play. But other than that, hey, Sark was on point. And if they're going to run the football like this, which is what I thought they could have been doing all year long, like against Rice, Wyoming, all those teams that you struggle with, you could have just handed it off to, you know, number 24. And that dude would have did his thing like he's doing now, looking like the best running back in the nation, going for back-to-back uh, Dope Walker Awards here at the University of Texas. Like, you could have done that. And you didn't hear Stark talking about all that play, that uh, uh, defensive scheme that they threw at us. Well, we didn't see it coming, No. The script was right. The adjustments, it was right. And even going in 13 to 7 in the halftime, they were still moving the ball. They just weren't scoring in the red zone, which, you know, Burn Auburn, Chip, what I say, Chip, what I say, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, the NIL deal for a kicker, it's dangerous, it's toxic. It's toxic. It's Travis Kelsey in a relationship. Look out, Taylor Swift. It's toxic. Burt Auburn, we got to get back. Wait, toxic is Britney Spears. Yeah, her too. Her she's too. super toxic. Yeah, she, yeah, she's super toxic. All right, now listen. Come on, Burt. I'm worried that you're you're kind of getting the football gods riled up on Auburn. I don't got control of them dudes. What you I mean? You might. I have no control. Because you've been on the money. You've been on Auburn. You did not like his 26-yard miss against Baylor, and then he missed two this week. Yeah. 
And he's missed three of his last six. Now it's a problem. Now I got now I got coaches telling me if they don't get that fixed, it's gonna cost them a game. <laughs> and I'm like, damn. Bert oh. Auburn was like the secret weapon last year. Yeah. And you heard Sark today. That was the first question somebody asked. Yeah. They didn't ask it on Saturday night. They asked it today. First question, Bert Auburn. How you feel about him moving forward? Sark said he's the guy, but he also said he's better than this. He's better yeah, he than did. this. And he, he did. didn't completely throw him under the bus. He said from snapping the ball to the hold to the kick, not everything's been in sync. But, man, it's okay. It's concerning. Quick, quick analysis of Bert Auburn, okay? So he made – he hit from 27, 46, and 49 against Rice, missed from 56, understandable, came up short. He hit from 22 and 29 against Alabama. He missed from 42. The miss from 42 was the one I felt like he rushed. And that one was the one that was like, no, man, you can't be missing against yeah. Alabama. Yeah. Because you knew that was going to be a tough, tight game all the way. He hit his only field goal against Wyoming from 37. Against Baylor, he hit from 37. There was a high snap. Maybe the pressure was coming. He booted it off the upright. The misses against Kansas were the ones that were like, come on, Bert. Now, they were from 47 and 50, but the snap, there was a high snap, but Ryan Sanborn got it down, laces out, no problem. You got to, listen, as a kicker, there are going to be some high snaps. Your holder's going to get it down for you. Just do what you do. So he's now missed three of his last six. He's missed five for the season, which is, the same number he missed all of last season. Last year, he was 21 of 26. Fourth most accurate field goal kicking season in Texas history. This year, he's five of nine, and that is 64%. That ain't going to cut it, kids. So he's got to get it going. He's got to get it going. They got to get him going. They got to give him some uh, Ollie Pop. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe they need to take him to to Salt Traders Coastal Cooking tonight. Get him some oysters. Get him some seafood. All night happy hour at Salt Traders Coastal Cooking locations in Austin and Round Rock. Get Bird Auburn some damn seafood from Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. Or hell, maybe he needs a new big screen TV or some surround sound. From audiovisual consultations. What you trying to reward him for? That those sound like rewards to me. That sounds like a dude that's around ninety-eight percent, ninety-five percent living good like that. Make him do up downs. No, man, I'm on the. We need to throw him in that little place where Bane had Bruce Wayne, Batman, and he had to jump up (laughs) the thing to get back up. We need that type of focus. We that's what we need. We need to put up in the dungeon. You want him somewhere. in the basement with Kathy Bates from Misery? <laughs> with her block and her hammer? Oh, man. Hey, he don't need no rewards right now. Like, yo, Bird, we might have to talk to your professors for your classes and get you excused some, you know, classes this week just because it's that. This You're week saying he can't hear you because he's counting his money? He's got too many... He's got too much money up to his ear mm. from that That's Goldman Sachs commercial. That's the problem. Kickers getting NIL deals? Really? Really? Like, Listen, kickers I, weren't getting no money under the table back in the day. 
Kickers weren't getting that envelope or that Chris Sims McDonald's bag. Kickers weren't getting that. So I'm I'm just, you know, again, I, I hate I hate being the one to say somebody to not get their paper. I hate being that guy because that's some serious hating right there. Me hanging on another man and trying to stop their money. But you got to work for that money. You got to earn that money. You know what I'm saying? You got to keep earning it. You got to keep earning it. He earned it with the 49-yarder against Alabama last year to give him a 19-17 lead. With a minute 29, he earned it with the 48-yarder as time expired at Tech to force overtime. Man, two losses. Nobody remembers that except you. Horns 24-7 that remembers stuff from back. Yeah, but I need to know he can do it. I need to know he can do it. Yeah. Like Dicker the kicker. When he kicked that 40-yarder to win the Red River shootout in, what, 20? His freshman year. Freshman year. Is that, what, 18? Yeah, where he did the – or he did the wink or the, yeah, the, the head nod. Head nod, yeah, legendary. Legendary? Yeah. Red River immortality. <laughs> Gus Johnson. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got to keep earning it, though. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. All right, enough. But, but that was like, what's different between last year and this year, this year, oh, man, the stakes is high. De La high. Soul, one of the De La Soul's best album. The stakes is high. Zay, so, Texas is getting number one votes. That pressure, man, that pressure's different. Last year, it was just kind of like, you know, year two, you're coming from five and seven. It's just, let's get to a bowl game type of stuff for some guys. Not, it shouldn't be like that. It's the University of Texas. It should be Big 12 or bust. And for some of us, it is. But realistically, in year two, those you know aspirations and optimism it was different like you said now they get first place votes everybody and their mama got them in the college football playoff like they they're expected to win every game for here on now expecting to be favored in vegas from here on now yeah bert feels that you can tell he feels it you can tell that's why i hope it's not the yips man i hope it's something you know me and katie talked about i hope it's something that he can Fixed just by working on his craft, and it's not mental because if it's mental, it we're playing with a dangerous game here. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. No, we can't. It can't be mental. We can't. We can't have that be mental. Oh yeah, and we don't know. We don't, we don't know. We, do we know. That's what's scary as hell. We don't. Sark don't know. Bird could be like, no, know. I'm good, coach. I'm I'm good, and he could go home and he could be shaking in the corner. Yeah. Look at this. Our man CB is a oracle. Texas has gone from playing freaking Oregon State in the Alamo Bowl to playing Washington in the national championship now. Mm. I mean, people are buying in. And Texas players were asked all day today, "Is it? are you the best team in college football? And they all had good answers. I'm going to write about it tonight. I mean, Quinn Ewer said that's the goal, but we haven't accomplished anything yet. So, I mean, look, the poison cheese, the 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 honey boo-boos are out there trying to entice Texas into the brothel to make stupid decisions. And they got to 
they got to have laser focus, man. They got to have tunnel vision because it's unfeeded. So don't let it get in your way. Yeah. Like <laughs> Mel Tucker. Don't go Mel Tucker. Do not Definitely go Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker. Definitely don't do go not Mel go Tucker. Arterio Morris or whatever the hell happened up oh. in Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Just oh, this is this is kicking the girl out at 10 o'clock type of week. Like yeah. this is, you know, you know, when she wanna cuddle and stuff and she laying in the bed and you know, she's her smooth skin, and you're like, man, just kick it with me till like 2 a.m. type stuff. Nope, I gotta watch film. Nope, hey, I gotta get some shut eye. Like, this is kick her hey. out at 10 o'clock. If she has a problem, then she ain't worth it. That's that type of week. And no new girls this week, Zay. Oh, yeah, yeah. No new they girls. They could be OU plants. Yeah, you're right. Yo, Quinn Ewers be- girls is uh sooner. Quinn Ewers girl, one he be posting on Instagram and stuff. I'm very sure that she is a sooner. Which, hey, I are you breaking news right here? I'm, t- I'm not breaking news. It's been are you out. breaking news here? On I'm Chip not breaking news. You can go to Quinn Ewers Instagram right now and see his lady, and then go. I'm pretty sure she's tagged and go on her Instagram, and I think she goes to school in Norman. I do. So I'm not, I'm trying to make it as positive as possible and say, yo, I hope he's happy. He's from Dallas. So we know that's halfway-ish. And a lot of those Dallas residents, including a lot of Brent Venables players and players that have came from Oklahoma, a lot of them are from that area. So it makes sense. But yeah, Quinn, yours, uh, it's just another game. Okay, Zay. This is what I love about you. You are like a savant at sports, but you love the Hollywood gossip. <laughs> who's that? Who's do, that man. guy? Who's the guy who did the gossip? He had the he he played off of a celebrity's name. Oh man. I don't recall. This was a while ago. You might have okay. been like in middle school. Okay. But anyway. Yeah. Can you please like monitor all the players' social media and bring us a segment every Monday called <laughs> Longhorn Social Media yeah. or things I found on social media. Yeah. Perez Hilton, yes. Oh, Perez Hilton. Roy Tempura, this is Zay now. Zay oh, is Zay Hilton. Hell no. Perez Hilton. Nah, man. I do like some petty gossip. I do. It is okay. fun. It is fun. You don't like, like Perez Hilton? Doing- like James Harden going back to Houston and like having the party at the club and somebody holding the sign with the bottles saying something about Dale Morey is a liar like that. And then training camp and media day starts this week. Yes. I love stuff like that. How could I not, you know, me and my wife, we love reality TV. I grew up on flavor Flav having a bachelor like show. Yeah. It's kind of in my butt. I can't help myself. All right. Perez Hilton. Black Paris Hilton. Black Paris Hilton. That's that's my man Zay. We're gonna have a <sighs> what I found on social media every Monday. Oh my! And God. by the way, kids, if you just missed it, according to Zay, Quinn Ewers is dating a sooner. CB, clarify that for me. CB, because I know CB. you are right now listening. Oh. CB can easily go and Al say Perez Hilton's laying it off on CB. Yeah, no, CB will let us know. If it comes from CB, it's for real. Our guy, Chris okay. uh, Chris Bennett. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> Somebody on our text line, 512-222-9328, is calling me Perse Hilton. <laughs> Perse Hilton. That's it. Perse Hilton. Oh, man. That is it. Oh my God, I love it. I don't, All right, I don't back that way though. That Paris Hilton, not, not like there's anything wrong with that. Jerry Seinfeld, I think he swings a different club than I swing. You know, Jose <laughs> Hilton, that is genius. Who who came up with that? We got to give them a nickname. We got to give them a name. There, I'm not gonna really know their number out there. A five one two number, but appreciate y'all on the text line. We'll definitely get to y'all throughout the show. Oh my but, God, that is fantastic. Yeah, if I really wanted to say what I wanted to say, um, I'm not gonna say it because it's Quinn Ewers and I respect him and stuff like that. Because dating the sooner, you know what he's doing, you know what he's doing. So you know she a looker too. So I'm just gonna say that to keep a clear mind here. To Longhorn dating the sooner, but yeah, that ain't gonna stop the that ain't gonna stop the objective. That ain't gonna stop the uh, 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 what's at stake, the goal here, and that's to. Go six and zero into the bye week. Six and six zero, and 0, baby. Championship game every week. Every week, man. Every week, yo. Jalen Catalan's here. Game every week. I, by the way, Jalen Catalan's here. I know we briefly talked about him. He's here, man. Those hits that I saw, I, I got to bring it up again. He's here because I've been waiting on that chip. I've been waiting on it, and I love just the, you know, the fact that there's so many different guys. He don't have to play the full game. He don't have to play 90-something, you know, percentage of the game. He could just stay fresh. He could stay healthy. And when it's time to strike, yo, Jason Bean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were talking about Jason Bean being on concussion protocol this week. I really wouldn't because dude got his clock rocked seriously. That was for – and Gavin Holmes got held, so that should have been a flag. That shouldn't even have been a touchdown. Gavin Holmes had his hand on the ball on Jason Bean – before he got his uh, uh, world rock. And yeah, it was no call there. It was a clear hold, but whatever. That's 40, 40 to 14. What am I bitching about that for? But Dana <laughs> Catalan, he's here, man. He's, he's here. here. That's, That's two games in a row, Zay. That's two games in a row that Jalen Catalan has almost decapitated a human being. Because <laughs> he took, what was that dude? The dude from Baylor, he took his head off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Jaylen here. Catalan is here. Yeah, he's here. And, you know, Ryan Watts, yes, that hurts, but I'm good with Malik Muhammad. I'm good with Gavin Holmes. I'm good with Terrence Brooks, you know. If you have to move Jade Barron around in certain situations, I'm good with that. I'm a little worried about, you know, the safeties. Like, this is another time they got it thrown over the top of their head. That was, you know, Keaton Crawford just a little flat-footed on that deep shot to Wilson. I didn't like that. It kind of gave me a UTSD. Shout out to BK and Trey for that phrase when um oh boy Burton hit him smooth against Alabama then Monterey Baldwin hit him on a long shot last week too so I'm sure Brent Venables and this Oklahoma coaching staff is going to look at that just trying to find anything against this very good Texas defense but yeah you know besides just little things Anthony Hill pushing Jason Bean on the ground for no reason getting the flag thrown on him that's that's just being young that's just being young oh wait till Anthony Hill gets into the Cotton Bowl if you think that dude's emotional he's from Dallas yeah went to Denton Ryan and we saw him get all hyped at Alabama. He walked 
15 yards over to the Alabama fans and like said, how you like me now? I mean, that should have been a flag. He's pushing Jason Bean after he's thrown the ball. Wait till he gets to the Cotton Bowl. Because that place, we saw Kelvin Banks get into it immediately in the Cotton Bowl last year. And his whole team fed off of it. Because Kelvin Banks was feeling the emotion and he was ready to scrap. Yeah. So, And that's what happens in this game. I mean, sometimes you get coaches separated. Yeah. We had wait staff coaches separated one year. I mean, this game brings out the animal in you. And so. Oh, last year I saw a couple of uh, almost squabbles just walking around the state fair. Just folks, you know, because you run, you're moving by people and a lot of shoulder bumping and stuff. So when that burnt orange shoulder bumps, that crimson red, then sometimes people who are already drinking by then, Sometimes people get a little crazy and stuff. So you feel it from everybody. That's why it's the best game in college football, in my opinion. Like, best and game. now both teams are one's ranked 12, one's ranked third. Like, it seems like the winner of this game should go on to Arlington, Jerry World. You know, just everything's at stake makes it that. And the loser better. might too. Yeah, for real. Because oh, you don't play K State. Mm. Oh, you don't play anybody. <laughs> yeah, this I is mean, a little cupcake for now, huh? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Let me look at OU's schedule. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie, man. Dylan Gabriel, he be playing. He plays a fun style of game. Like, he does. Like, wait, wait, wait. Runs. Are, you, are you impressed with Dylan Gabriel? I am. Okay. Yeah, okay. I am. I am impressed with him. So you think I, I think he's really it though. I, I think just everybody else that they have, uh, they still gotta show me a little something. Like Drake Stoops is their leading receiver with like 25 catches. Drake Stoops for real? Really? I know he hide and obviously he knows the game just from you know being the seed of a Hall of Fame type coach, but him. He's really their number one receiver. So just stuff like that, like Marvin Mims ain't walking through that door anytime soon. C.D. Lamb ain't walking through that door anytime soon. Hollywood Brown, et cetera, all those guys that made life hell for the Longhorns in recent years, they don't have them, Chip. They don't. So Dylan Gabriel, it's really been him putting the ball on the money, using his legs, understanding that offense, and he's done a hell of a job. Like the stats don't lie, even though they haven't necessarily played anybody. But I know a lot of OU fans are thinking the same thing. Like, oh, they just had three straight weeks where they play the backup quarterback. Who have they played? Jalen Milrow, he ain't even that good. That's why he got benched in the third game of the season against USF. Who have they really played, et cetera, you know? So – I I get it. Like if Sooner fans wanted to say that, I completely get that. That's why I'd use that as bulletin board material if I'm the Texas fans. But yeah, man, you think about their running backs, Major, Walker, Barnes. They use all of those guys, but they're not, you know, anything special either. So I yeah, I'm very impressed with Gabriel, but if you can limit him and get him on the ground, then Nobody else should really beat you that much. And this Texas defense, even though they've given up a couple of shots, you know, these last five games or so, they don't give up much as a whole. And they 
PK has done a hell of a job of making adjustments. They were getting gutted by that triple option on Saturday. That triple option stuff stopped. That stuff stopped after uh, Jason Bean got blown up and they luckily got that touchdown. It, it stopped. It stopped working. And then they had to go to plan B, which they were already limited because they were with Jason Bean and not Jalen Daniels. So, yeah, you could, again, you can only play what's in front of you. And Pete Kwiatkowski and his defense, they handle their business from week to week. Okay, so the kid who's who's the uh, the new big play guy for for OU catching the football is that Nick Anderson kid. Yeah, he's yeah. six and four. Yeah. He's got ten catches for two hundred seventy nine yards. He's leading the Big Twelve in yards per catch at twenty eight or twenty seven point nine yards per catch. He's got five touchdown catches. That's the dude. That's the dude. That's yeah. the dude they got to watch out for because he's a big play waiting to happen. Drake's or uh, yeah, Drake Stoops. He's got the most catches, twenty five, and like the least receiving yards. So he's he's only averaging eight yards a catch, but he does have four touchdowns. So he's he's like their he's like their Jordan Whittington, except Jordan Whittington doesn't get in the end zone. Damn, you're really taking some shots at Jordan Winnington well, today. My man, you, is, want, you want Jante to take his spot? The dude came back for like an eighth year, and you want Jante, a freshman, to take his spot? I didn't spot. say take you his spot. You're getting me in trouble, Perze Hilton. You're getting them all stirred up. I said he needs some reps, not his spot. My bad, my bad, my bad. Well, my, my man Jordan Winnington got man. one touchdown catch last year. I, I mean, I listen, I want – Quinn to look for him. Jordan Winton has 12 catches for 142 yards, no touchdowns. Now that's that's on Quinn. Quinn's gotta find him. But man, Jonte Cook can burn. Yeah. I'm just saying. All right. Okay, let's get back to this. Let's get back to this about OU. They can't run the football, people. Do you understand? Do you understand? Like Oklahoma, with all their offensive lines and all their this and their that, they can't run the football, people. And this is why Texas is going to beat them. Because Marcus Majors, guess what? He has 51 carries. He's averaging less than four yards per carry. That ain't it. Tawi Walker, he's got 38 carries for 193 yards. He's averaging 5.1. Javante Barnes, they, they can't run the football. That's all I'm saying. So this is why Texas is going to win this football game. And I, I my man Zay likes Dylan Gabriel. What's not to like? 75% completion, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. But look at the defenses they've played. It's not there. It's not there, people. It's not there. Yeah, and back through an interception, like right off the bat, a pick six in that Iowa State game on Saturday. And, you know, they were playing them. It was a closer game than, you know, everybody expected. I want to say it was 21 or – 
22 to 17 at one point, but then Oklahoma ended up scoring 40 points to end the half. And that was a crazy game. It was crazy. It was crazy. So, yeah, a big reason why. All the guy, all the games this week, Baylor was down 20 to nothing and came back and beat my UCF Knights. It's wild. I'm off the UCF Knights bandwagon. Screw Gus Malzahn. Damn. <laughs> I had them as my upset pick over Kansas State. I'm at the Baylor game. I'm covering it. I see Central Florida up on K-State 24 to 21 or something in the third quarter. I'm like, okay, I'm looking good. And then they lose by 11, like 38-27. I'm like, well, Central Florida is going to beat the brakes off of Baylor. I think I got every pick wrong this week, by the way. Damn, every pick? Not every pick. Okay. Yeah, Hold we only on. got I had three. Iowa State. That was a loss. Yeah. I had Duke. That was a loss. Thanks a lot, Duke defense, you <laughs> bunch of sieves. Good God, you had the game won, and you fucking gave it up in the last <laughs> possession. And my Broncos only won by three. So I went 0 and 3 because the Broncos, it was minus three and a half. Damn. They had they they struggled with the Bears. The Bears are terrible. Yeah. Oh, they were down. The Bears were up by like 21 points. They I thought it was over. You know, shout out to Sean Payton. He obviously went back in that locker room, hit the bong a couple of times, and then thought of some stuff to make some adjustments against that squad uh, for the Bears, who, I mean, they're tanking. I don't really think it's all Justin Fields. They got a lot more going on, but yeah, man. Damn. Okay, you had the Dolphins. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. Wasn't expecting that. Ravens? I got that one. Yeah. Jags got that one. Got that one. They blew they out the Falcons by more than three. Yeah, they beat them like 21 to seven. Man, B. John Robinson, that's all they got. Desmond Ritter, hey, time's almost up. You can't travel, buddy. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, no I don't know if you're going to Magic City in Atlanta before the games and stuff, and that's giving you some extra motivation to play well because you're 2-0 and at home, 0-2 and on the road. But I've been wanting Desmond Ritter to get his spot taken. Like Taylor Haneke's my guy. I love him. He might have the most moxie for a quarterback in the NFL, and he got paid for a backup in Atlanta. So that leash is mad short for Desmond Ritter. And if he keeps playing like how he's playing – what he did up in London, which that's a long-ass bus ride, or excuse me, not bus ride, ha, plane ride back to Atlanta. Long-ass plane ride back to Atlanta because that was horrible yesterday. Bijan You're Robinson, ready for Taylor Heineke. You've been counting down the days to Taylor oh, Heineke. I love that, dude. I want to say they paid him almost 20 mil to be a backup. Oh, it can't be that. It, Hold man, on. it can't be that. Hold that can't on. be it. They paid him. He got that paper. It can't be that. It's high, though. For a backup, it's high. It's high. People think he's stealing money. No, they just don't have confidence in Desmond Ritter, who they're not paying good money to because he's still on that rookie contract, and they're definitely not going to pick up his option whenever that comes. Okay, it can be worth up to $20 million with incentives, but it's a two-year, $14 million deal. That's hefty. That's For a backup, that's hefty, man. I'm telling you, Desmond Ritter – if you can't get it done, you got too many weapons, dog. 
You got Drake London, Kyle Pitts, a lot of guys taking in the first round. Bijan Robinson, who was still juking folks, even though they couldn't score. And the team's already turning on him. There's a clip going around where Desmond Ritter, he's going to the sideline to give somebody dap, and the dude stood up like he was about to fight Desmond Ritter, like Mike Tyson, 89 type stuff. And it was just... They cut it right after that. It looked like the dude was about to fight, then they cut to a different person in the ball game. So he's already losing the team. Arthur Smith, you don't want them problems, fam. You don't want them problems, my guy, of losing the locker room because they don't like the quarterback, especially when you've got a guy like Taylor Haneke who always wins the locker room. Always, always. This dude almost beat Tom Brady a couple of years ago with the damn commanders. Like Taylor Heineke, he might throw a pick a game. He might fumble the ball a game. But he's going to give you a chance. He's going to keep you alive. And He's he's about to be Bijan's new best friend. Yo, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You know, Bijan, he's going to be all optimistic and very just positive because it's Bijan Robinson. So he's not going to throw Desmond Ritter under the bus like a couple of guys on that team probably will. But, yeah, man, I I wouldn't be surprised. I said week seven. Week seven. Taylor week seven. Heineke, it's coming. All right, you're on fire. You're on fire with your picks. So you said week seven for Taylor Heineke. Yeah. Look, Zay, even my own wife is saying, you picked Duke? What the hell? Damn. <laughs> He got y'all's picture up there and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you pick Duke? Oh, what the hell? Oh, my gosh, man. By the way, you look at Spiffy in this picture. Yeah, that was our wedding picture. Yeah, you look at Spiffy. Obviously, she looks way better than you, but you look at Spiffy. Thank you. you look at Spiffy. Yeah. All right, so, Perse Hilton, what did you what think up? of the Toy Story broadcast? CB thought it was straight fire. It was really cool. I'm not going to lie. It it was really cool. I showed my wife, which she's a teacher. So I think she showed her kids today in class, but uh, which I'm hope I get some credit for that. If she didn't, I'm going to be a little upset and she better show. Give my man per Hilton some credit on this. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, man, like I thought it was going to be some rinky dink, like actual 1995, the year that toy story came out type stuff. No, it was as modern and like, it was, good man they had the little slinky as the first down marker like, yeah it was very creative Jackson dog yeah and if it got kids to watch more football then cool like i'm all about that it was it was fun man it, it was, was like when tobacco used joe camel to get kids to smoke cigarettes Stop. what is that what are you talking about they, they were trying to get kids to get interested in smoking cigarettes so they used Joe Camel, the cartoon character, to get him interested in smoking cigarettes. They, this, the NFL used Toy Story to get kids interested in football. Wow. What a dark time getting kids to smoke tobacco. Wow. <laughs> Taking a track. Oh my God. Do you remember Joe Camel? No, I don't remember that. What year oh, is that? Hell. We got to get you. We got to, yeah. So it was this cool cartoon camel with sunglasses and Joe Cool, they called him Joe Cool Camel. If you Google it, <laughs> if you Google it, you'll see what I'm talking about. Wow. But anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Wow. The mm. NFL 
did the same thing. They just used Toy Story to get kids interested in football. Yeah. yeah Toy Story. Okay. All right. Chris, Chris says enough. He wants us to get back to Texas. Okay. So. Damn. Zay. Um, what did you see in the Kansas game that makes you feel better about the OU game? Um, yeah, I think that's easier than apple pie run game, <laughs> run game, man. Like, uh, well, I guess if you want to look at it as a whole, we talked about balance, like over 600 yards total. Wow, man. And I think since the run game was so good, we forget how good Quinn Ewers was. Yes, he had that interception. He missed a couple of throws to Jordan Whittington. But besides those, just taking what the defense gives him. Okay, everybody's covered up the field. Yet let me use my legs for a few plays to move the chains. You know, trusting him on that bootleg, that was big. And CB talked about he got up a little hobbly. I didn't see that, but I don't like him taking hits. I don't. And I, you were there, Chip, so you didn't see. I don't know if you saw it on TV yet. I don't know if you rewatched it, but they showed his parents after he dove for the end zone to make it 40 to 14. His parents didn't look too happy. His parents looked a little concerned. Like pops looked like, oh man, I remember when he had that hernia issue or last year where he got rocked by Dallas Turner. Like this is football, but we, the least amount of hits as possible. That's what we want. So I, when they showed the parents and little sister up in the stands and they looked a little like, all right, you didn't see much clapping or much like hands in the air. You saw, okay, is our son okay? And I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, that's a gutsy call. You scored and stuff. It is football, but just Quinn yours three over 300 yards, the pass to AD Mitchell in the end zone. That's on the money. Like whenever they have Quinn Ewers highlight tape for the NFL draft, they're probably going to put that up there because there are a few white jerseys around. And when you get into the red zone, everything shrinks. So if you can make those pinpoint throws, you have little error to make mistakes in those situations because it could be turnovers slash incompletions. And he hit A.D. Mitchell on the money. And he did yeah, that throughout yeah. the game. Like Jordan Winnington, Sark talked about it in the press conference today. There were times where Jordan Winnington, he ain't even make the cut yet. And the ball was in the air and it just found the right spot so the trust that you're starting to see you know that's that's very rewarding and very refreshing especially what we saw in 2022 where those things were happening consistently now another year under his belt the confidence that he has the demeanor just knowing the offense start trusting him all the weapons that he has around him i think he's just going out there and balling and we talked he talked about last week how freely he's playing how you know just the pressure of being the texas quarterback he's not feeling that because he has a new mentality and his faith is a big part of that so just this quinn ewers in 2023 like he should get to new york you know and be for the heisman he ain't gonna win it because you saw what caleb williams did six what about jonathan brooks what heisman jonathan Hell brooks yeah uh, no. hey you need wow. to get your head around it you need to get your head around it, Perze Hilton. You need to start some rumors out there. If he has a four-touchdown game, if he has a four-touchdown game this week, I'm with you. I'm with you. But it's tough. You know they don't let running backs go to New York, man. Hey, it's Steve Sarkeesian. Remember when he had Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, and Najee Harris as Heisman finalists? 
for him. <laughs> Najee Harris was a Heisman finalist? Yes. Wow. In 2020. Wow. Najee Harris wow. was a Heisman finalist. He ran for 1,400 and some yards, had 25 touchdowns. Now, JB And he won it with Reggie Bush, too. He Sark was there when yeah. Reggie Bush won it. So, yeah. It's, it's I'm been telling you. You're right. You're right. Sark always. Hey, and what did I tell you? Before the season, I said, Sark wouldn't be talking about how he always has a thousand yard rusher if he didn't think Jonathan Brooks could be that guy. Because he wasn't going to say that about a freshman he hadn't even seen yet. This was when Sark was talking about this in the spring. So, yeah, he did have CJ was here in the spring, but he was talking about Jonathan Brooks. And he's like, I always have a thousand yard rusher. And that's not even true. He's had a thousand yard rusher each year that he was an offensive coordinator, but not as a head coach and play caller. Cause I think when he was at USC 2014, he may not have had a hundred or a thousand yard rush. Anyway, Jay Jonathan Brooks could be a thousand yard rusher. Yeah. And if he look, it's the best players on the best teams, eh? Those are the guys who go to the Heisman. Like it or not, it's going to be Michael Penix. If Texas is undefeated, it's going to be Quinn Ewers and possibly Jonathan Brooks. And then whoever else. Yeah. And listen, like it's not – It's to me, it's Michael Penix and everybody else. And Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, of course, Caleb Williams. Yeah. Those two dudes, to me, you can send them the invitation now. But got to stay healthy, got to keep going. Oh, look at this. See, this is why I love our show, because I'm so polarizing that we get Aggies listening every day. (laughs) And Sooners, welcome. You are welcome into our show any day, every day. Yeah. And listen, we appreciate Oklahoma. Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. Greg Sankey's going to be at the Red River Shootout. Where's Brett Yormark going to be? I don't know, man. I reached out to the Big 12 office. I reached out to Bob Berta of the Big 12 office. I said, Berta, where's Brett Yormark? What game's he going to this week? Crickets. Block. They blocked your ass. Block. They blocked your ass. Yeah, they blocked you, man. That's they're trying to relish on this high that Texas and OU have right now. College game day coming into town. Lee Corso's probably gonna put on the Longhorn mascot at the end. And the Big 12 is trying their hardest to promote the last Texas year. Tech. They tried. They tried promoting them. Look at where they at now. Look at where they at now. So, dude, West Virginia is in first place with Texas. Neil, Neil. But I tell you, getting it done. Back against the wall. Big time wins, man. They got an offensive line. They got. They got that dude C.J. Henderson, who's a good. He's a former tight end running back. That dude. Remember, Texas can custom two years yeah. ago. Yeah, he can play. He can play. 
And West Virginia, man, I'm, I mean, when Neil Brown said, we are not finishing last, these are the same idiots that predicted TCU would finish seventh last year. I was like, oh, Neil feels like he's got a club, man. <laughs> Neil feels like he's got a club. And it's not even the quarterback that, that everyone thought. It's the uh, – That green. Well, is it green, though, or is it the other kid? No, nah, green played. Okay, okay green played. Uh, okay. PCU. Yeah, he was running that thing all over those guys, Sonny Dyke's team. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, we haven't even talked about – usually Tuesday we get to all the other games from the weekend. But West Virginia just beat – TCU. Mm. Are we aware? At TCU, Zay. Mm. Sonny. Come on, Sonny. dog. Come on, Sonny. Chandler Moore is supposed to be your guy. Let's Jared go Green on. was 10 of 21. Yeah. Chandler Morris didn't throw a pick. Hell, Chandler Morris ran 11 times for 51 yards and a touchdown. C.J. Donaldson, 22 carries, 61 yards, touchdown. Garrett Green ran 12 times for 80 yards and two touchdowns. Okay, all right, there we go. I saw him running that thing. Garrett Green. That's crazy legs green won him that game. Yeah. Well. fighting for Neil Brown, man. I respect him, man. They're fighting. Hey, best Brett Yormark could do is follow Dion wherever the hell he goes. Yeah. Because that's the high that you got to ride next season. Deion just go, just yeah. go to every Colorado game. Yeah. <laughs> just, Quit talking about Texas Tech. Yeah, that was the bad move. That was, I get it. He was in Lubbock. He was trying to play the crowd mm-hmm. and stuff. They were probably giving them all types of tortillas with butter and cinnamon, <laughs> the good stuff. And he, he couldn't help himself. He's from New York. He's never had good. He's never had that. He has never had that Southern hospitality before. So yeah, he got over his skis and was talking crazy. And now he put a bullseye on the Red Raiders back that they didn't want. They want that. They they think they do. They thought they did, but they don't want that pressure. They want to be under the radar so they could sneak up on you like a nuts ass cat and just surprise you like they did Texas last year when Donovan Williams was going crazy and your mark went, what, six for eight on fourth down? Like, they want to surprise you. That was a surprise. But when they have expectation coming off that eight and five season, all right, okay, that's it's different. That's why it go, comes all the way back to Burt Auburn. That expectation oh. here, it comes all the way back to a Silver Carrot Top Chip, that expectation that you have. Where everybody and they mama, Kurt Herbstreit, Desmond Howard, Pat McAvee, everybody is saying this Texas team is for real and saying this team is going to be in the CFP. Okay, some guys love it. Some guys relish it. Michael Jordan mentality, Kobe Bryant, Mambas type stuff. Some dudes love it. Tom Brady's of the world, and some dudes can't handle it. Some dudes just, oh, man, I hope I'm not called. I hope my name's not called. I hope I don't have to make this kick. And Burt Auburn, you got us kind of contemplating where you at right now. Would you get off my man, Burt Auburn? I can't because we're going to need him soon, Chip. They're going to need him. him. They're going to need him. They're going to need him. And You heard Sark. He's better than that. He's better than that. 
you know, and then he didn't completely try to throw him under the bus and said the snap hole kick. Everything has to be in sync and it hasn't been in sync and blah, blah, blah. The best kickers make it no matter what. The best kickers make it no matter what. That's all I I'm saying with you. But if we talk, keep talking about it, he's going to screw up. <laughs> um, I, in this situation, I am not going to be superstitious. I am going to be just trying to keep it real with y'all. That's that scares me. It scared me last week when it wasn't really a problem. It was against Baylor. I'm like, damn, 26? You can't make a 26-yarder. Come on, man. So can you make the 40s, the 50s? Then this week, he had two. He had two. So now I'm thinking, yips. Does this hey, dude – from 47 and 50. I, why is he going – then we're going for it then. If that's if we have confidence in him, then we're kicking it. They clearly well, Mike do. Leach, Mike Leach should be like, we're going for it. Yeah. That's okay, why, that's why he was a legend. R.I.P. That's why he was a legend. But, yeah, like clearly Sark has confidence in him. Clearly Jeff Banks has confidence in him. They keep sending his ass out there. So, All right, I got this for you. Texas is favored by five. Now it's it. No, six and a half. Okay. Okay. Texas minus six and a half. I'll take Texas. Yeah, I'll take Texas too. I'll take Texas. I'll take Texas. Yeah. K State minus 11 and a half at Oklahoma State. Okay. Anyway, uh, Oklahoma and Texas. Texas favored by six and a half. Here's, here's what I think happens. Oklahoma's defense, Danny Stutzman. Stutzman's a good player. He's a good player. He's legit. But I don't know how they get pressure without blitzing. And I think Quinn has been good against the blitz, man. Those two third and nines that turned into 29 and 30-yard touchdown runs, he got blitzed. He got blitzed. He got blitzed by Baylor. And he found a lane, and then Rich Miller, the linebacker for Kansas, was blitzing and kind of looped around to Ewers' right, and Ewers saw that lane open, and he was gone. So you blitz Quinn Ewers, Crazy Legs Ewers might show up. Yeah. I mean, he ran for another first down on third and eight in the Kansas games, eh? That might have been bigger than the touchdown. Yeah, like when the score is thirteen to seven and it's third and eight, like you just said, and right before the Jonathan Brooks fifty-something yard yep. run, that was a huge. See, play. this is why you are money, per se, Hilton. You have a mind like a bear trap. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. That's why I mean, your post-game show was so damn good. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I. <laughs> This it has to go somewhere. I don't know. Like I, I probably couldn't do much in the world to get by without my wife. But when it comes to sports, I could remember. Was she taking someday. notes for you? No, she didn't take notes for me. It's just that my wife lets me focus on sports, and she does so much for us and my dog and just our family that I can retain ridiculous stuff like that. Like I can remember just different points and different games because you write it down. Yeah, I write it down. Yeah, yeah, I write it down. Yeah, because yeah, I was I've like the game twice already. So yeah, like I'm, I'm like writing it all down during the game, so I remember exactly. Yeah, you know, exactly. that yeah, third and eight, ten yard run set up the fifty four yard touchdown run by 
Jonathan Brooks, but you're like, beep, 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 beep. Like, <laughs> let's go, Zay. Yeah, man. Hey, this is the people deserve that. You know, Brad Kellner called up on me to give the people what they deserve here at Texas Sports Unfiltered, and I owe Texas fans and then some the best of me. Talking about, man. The best of me. You know what I'm saying? What I'm talking about. Yeah, so Crazy Legs, yours, they blitz him on third and long. He could just take care of business himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's that's the thing, because if Dylan Gabriel tries to scramble, Jalen Catalan will take his head off. Like, Dylan Gabriel thought Jamoy Hodge hit him hard last year. Wait till Jalen Catalan shows up. Jalen the Cavalry Catalan. Yeah. Oh, all Jan Catalan, Jade Barron, Anthony Hill, all those guys. The front line who was quietly really good, especially in that second half, like T Sweat, Byron Murphy, Baron Sorrell. Baron Sorrell was right there on that Daniel Hodgshaw uh, fumble exchange with Jason Bean where Jade Barron recovered it. Like it wouldn't have been a first down. Baron Sorrell would have gotten Okay, the, now Jalen Ford said today that Jade Barron cost him a scoop and score. That Jalen Ford was running for the ball to pick it up. When Jade just cradled up on it. And yeah. It's like, you just cost me a touchdown. Yeah. you If you have a moment in the game where the ball's loose and they pick it up and score, we're jumping on it. We're not trying to scoop and score. If the ball's loose and they already scored from a fumble recovery, then you got to jump on it. So I get what Jalen Ford's saying. He wanted to have a touchdown, but Jade Barron made the right move. You get that ball back. Like, you do not let those guys scoop it up and get the first down. Like, you don't let that happen. Because what was it? It was 20 to 14 at that point. So if Kansas scoops it and gets the first down somehow, and then they go down and score and take the lead, I still expect Texas to win. But who knows where the game goes at that point? So just recovering the ball at that moment, 23 did a hell of a job in doing that. But, yeah, Jalen Ford, man, I like him. He greedy. That dude greedy. <laughs> that dude leading the league or tied with Jaron Thompson and in interceptions. Like he's he's I got hoes for defensive player of the year last year. I need any type of statistic I could get. And yeah, I like that there was a lot of burn orange swarming for that fumble recovery that John A. Barron ended up getting. So yeah, I, I think they could force Oklahoma to turn the ball over. I really do, but man, I just don't want you can't sleep on Dylan Gabriel. Like Mike Harge, our guy hanging with Harge from 11 to 12, does a hell of a job there. He just texted me and said, yo, Zay, I like Gabriel too. And I know he was talking about today on his show. Like Gabriel, he, I, there's something about Southpaw's chip. Those lefties, man, like when they could sling it, it's just pretty. Like, I loved Mike Vick's arm. You know who I used to really love? I'm throwing the name at you. You probably haven't heard in a while. Mark Brunel. Oh, remember yeah, Mark, Mark Brunel? Mark Brunel, oh, yeah. man, Washington. from Washington. That dude's lefty arm. Like, he was in the era where there were a lot of big-time quarterbacks at the end of their career, like Marino and, you know, Aikman and Elway and stuff like that. So the Mark, Bur Mark Brunels didn't get the love that they deserved. But, yo, that dude could rip it. And it was pretty when he did. So I'm not saying Dylan Gabriel reminds me of those guys, but he has he throws a pretty ball. And 
yeah, he'll spread it out. If you go look at those stats for the wide receivers, a lot of guys are getting a lot of action, and he can run with it too. So this defense, even though Oklahoma hasn't seen a defense like uh, like Texas, they can't take OU's offense for granted at all. They got to be locked in, and we've seen these last few weeks, like Texas, they might bend on a couple of things, like the Jason Bean fumbled, Highshaw pickup score that Wilson deep shot beating Keaton Crawford, but they don't break at the end of the day. You'll see the adjustments being made to where life continues to be hard throughout the game, even though they might give up a little. So if they could give up or don't give up the deep shots, then it's going to be a very long game for this Oklahoma team and Brent Venables. Hey, with this balance offense, what do you prepare for, dog? I don't know what you go into saying we need to stop this first, this second, and this third, and this fourth. Because that fourth can easily jump to number one and be the main attraction for this Texas offense. Like, you could sleep on someone, you know, like Adonai Mitchell. I'm sure that Kansas didn't think he would have 10 catches for over 100 yards, uh, over 140 yards in the touchdown. They weren't expecting that. You know why? You why? know why? Because A.D. Mitchell had three catches for 46 yards against Baylor. I'm saying. And he had three catches for 49 yards after the first three passes of the game against Kansas. That's what I'm saying. What do you focus on? Like each game, somebody else is eating different. Now you got to throw Jonte Cook in the mix. And yes, zero might be out. So that's going to be a huge blow. But I still think Gunnar Helm could step in and contribute. Like, I'm confident in him. I don't think he's going to be one hand snagging it like JT Sanders be doing. But those same seam routes, those, you know, different type of screen passes that they like to do for JT Sanders, you could do it for Gunnar Helm just as well. And he could still be productive and your offense could still flow. It just might not be as dynamic. Okay, here's the deal, though. Can we not throw it to Gunnar Helm unless he's wide open? What you we don't mean? Need throwing it to him in like double coverage. We don't. That linebacker was sitting right there. He looked like Jalen Ford just baiting. Yeah. See that? That was the bad drive by Sarg. Again, you have all three of your timeouts. You use none of them. It's a two-minute drill. Like, come on, man. Let's speed now, up this process. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. I kept looking over. I'm like, they have all three timeouts. Why are they getting all scattered? But. Remember how wide open JT Sanders was against Alabama? Yeah. That's when you throw it to Gunner Helm. Yeah. When Worthy and Mitchell have both eaten and their their heads are exploding because they're trying to contain those two, that's when Gunner Helm is going to be wide open. No other defenders in the picture. That's when you throw it to Gunner Helm. And this is what he wanted. Wasn't he talking about in the offseason? Like, hey, coaches, I need more touches, oh, man. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, Jeff, call, yeah, they call him by like, his first I, name, too. Don't even say Coach Banks. This is when you call him by the first name. Let him know that you for real. Yo, Jeff, Jeff. see how I'm blocking out here? There's 12 personnel. I get it. JT Sanders is that guy going first round next year. I understand that. But, hey, I ain't no scrub. So, if I'm Coach Banks and Steve Sarkeesian coming in this week, hey, Gunner, hey, grand opportunity on the biggest stage of the year. Grand opportunity. You the man now. You're getting the responsibility as TE1. What you going to do about it? You going to bring it? Because what you're saying, Chip, I feel you. I'm wide open. But 
the best best tight ends catch it when there's a little guy on them. When there's stuff, you know, it might not be the easiest catch in the world where you're going across the middle and you know you're about to take that hit. I saw a ton in the NFL this past week. Are you able to step your game up to that level and have this coaching staff have and Quinn Ewers and the rest of this offense have confidence in you if JT Sanders isn't able to go? Now, there's still a possibility that he could play, but the way, again, the way that it looked where Jonathan Brooks rolled up on JT Sanders accidentally because he got tackled, that don't look good, man. That's like a couple of weeks, three weeks type stuff from just uh, sight standpoint i don't know these kids modern medicine's different nowadays who knows but it didn't look good whatsoever so gunner dog here you go grand opportunity cherish it take it don't take it for granted and if you don't then this texas team they should be able to put up 40 something points against the sooners this weekend 40 that that's that's a hot take right there hey that's a yeah. hot take because Brent Venable's defense, that's the one part of the OU team that I'll say has been legit. Now, I don't know. Again, I don't know how good the competition has been. And they got some young dudes playing over on that defense that they may be total ballers who we just – haven't gotten a chance to see maybe they're salivating at the opportunity to go up against AD Mitchell and Xavier worthy to show the world, but I can see this game being like a 28 to 10 type of game. Okay. If it gets to be in the forties, I don't think Texas defense is going to give up anything to owe you. Like they may okay, they may hit a big, they may hit a big pass play. They may hit a big pass play. I don't think they're gonna run. I don't think they're gonna be able to run the ball. Yeah, and I think time of possession and plays call for Texas, I think they should win that by a long shot due to what you just said, not being able to run if you're the Sooners. Like, it's going to be hard for them to move the ball already. Yes, they might get a couple of deep shots and a couple of scores that way, but overall. With how this Texas team is able to stay fresh due to the substitutions and just having multiple guys being in there, being ready, they wear teams down. And Oklahoma, even though they're a lot better than what they were going six and seven in 2022 or whatever they were last year, they are still not as deep as this horn squad. So I think they can get worn down like we've seen with these other teams. And, you know, talking about Oklahoma's defense. You could say Texas might play some backups. What quarterbacks have they played? Old Emory Jones for Cincinnati ain't very good. He's not very good. He tries hard. He plays hard. Has a lot of spunk, but he ain't very good. The freshman back for Iowa State, he wasn't even supposed to be starting, so he is a backup. If Hunter Deckers didn't have a freaking Michael Jordan gambling problem, then he wouldn't even be playing. So, yeah, what can you say about Arkansas State? Your SMU Mustangs, like they were the toughest team that battled OU this year, really. I mean, I guess Cincinnati 20 to 6, but SMU well, played them pretty hard, only gave up 28 points. So, yeah, like this team hasn't been tested either. And I'd rather have a ranked team in Kansas and 
playing Alabama at Alabama. Say what you want about them. Their defense is still legit. And Jalen Milrow, even though they didn't do enough quarterback runs with him or just design quarterback runs with him, he ain't no punk either. He's better than any quarterback Oklahoma has played so far. So, yeah, I it's going to be an eye-opening experience for a lot of those Sooners that haven't seen the type of talent that Texas has. And even without Ryan Watts, I'm very confident in those corners, Malik Muhammad, Gavin Holmes, Terrence Brooks, to – be very good because they haven't really given up anything really within the safeties zay yo yo guess who alabama's playing this week who they got at a&m here we go let's see max johnson looked all right this week huh max johnson yeah max johnson max johnson he, he looked all right beat Alabama, Arkansas. Arkansas. He looked high. He beat Arkansas. Yeah, man. That lefty playing. But he was, let's see, Max Johnson. 17 of 28 for 210, two touchdowns, one interception. Okay. Yeah. Dude, they got some receivers, man. Yeah, yeah. Moose Muhammad only had one catch for 10 yards against Arkansas. What a waste. What do you mean? Moose Muhammad needs to be catching more than one pass. I mean, Smith's pretty good. Evan Stewart no, isn't they're good. bad. They're all good. Yeah. Le'Veon Moss, well, he's the running back. No, he was running that thing. Yeah, he, he was. Good. Yeah, he looked um, good. Yeah, we'll see. I mean – AM has so much talent on defense, it's ridiculous. But DJ Durkin doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to coach. Damn. So Alabama's gonna win that game. And Alabama always struggles at AM. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, let me look at the line on that because AM, that's a 230 game. I hate admitting this, but Kyle Field is a pretty good environment. Oh, it is. Okay, Bama's favored by two and a half at AM. Does that seem light? No. Okay. No. That seems about right. Okay. Yeah, that seems about right. Okay. Yeah. All right, we'll get to that. We'll get we'll talk to Lance Taylor about that game. Yeah, man. Um Got to hit some of these sponsors, though. Get in there. Get in there. Yeah, Come shout on, out to Cobra Peak Cave, man. We had Derek Johnson out last week. Just the guests that we've had this season, Michael Griffin, Casey Stutter, Derek Johnson, just winners. We're just winners here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. And you know who else is a winner? Covert Peak Cave and Covert Auto Group. The family has over – Oh, man, just a plethora of dealerships around the greater Austin area have been doing it for over a hundred years and been committed to providing customers with the highest quality and selection of pre-owned and new vehicles so they could have you ride and fly in the greater Austin area. If you need to make that just deep trip across the world or across the states, whatever, Covert BK will get you right and they have seven beautiful brands to choose from dodge chrysler ram cadillac gmc buick and jeep you will be hooked up at covert b 
Cave. If you want to see what they got as far as inventory or their specials, go to covertbcave.com and you will see everything that you need to see there. But go visit Dan and the wonderful crew at Covert B Cave. The hospitality is just ridiculously great. And they have different coverts all over the greater Austin area from Huddo to you know, Ford and Lincoln, just one on research. Covert is everywhere. No one beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. Yeah, let me let me tell you. Here's uh, look at these suggestions we're getting for uh, helping Bert Sideshow Bert. They're calling him now. Sideshow Bert. I mean, <laughs> oh man, as I a mean, fan of the Simpsons, I was Marin can fix those yips. I mean, whatever it takes. And why was the Kansas game 10? It was 13-7 at halftime. Will, come on. 13-7, Will. Yeah. But, oh, my God, Zay. Like, everyone's talking about the Cowboys. That offense sucks in the red zone. They kicked two 23-yard field goals. The Cowboys. I understand they won 38-7. to. 58 to three over Bill Belichick and everyone. I've been telling everyone for years it was Brady, not Belichick. It's always the quarterback, not the coach, except for Nick Saban. Mac Brown won two conference championships in his life with Vince Young and Colt McCoy. Tell mm. me it's not the quarterback. Jimbo Fisher won a national championship with Jameis Winston, the Heisman Trophy winner. AM won whatever, 10 games in the SEC with Johnny Manziel. They've never won 10 games. They've never come close to winning 10 games since, except for that COVID season when they didn't have to play like all the good teams in the SEC. But anyway, it's the quarterback. Look at the Jets, they look like a Super Bowl contender with Aaron Rodgers. And even though Zach Wilson played hard and and hung he was around yesterday, he was good yesterday. He was Step good, up. and he he stepped up after the game and said, "I can't, I I got to handle the snap. I it's my fault," which is going to endear him to his teammates. They still lost, but. And did you see Deshaun Jameson for the Panthers getting burned no, by man. Justin Jefferson? Per, poor cut Kirk Cousins. He didn't deserve that. He wasn't going to catch him anyway, but Deshaun Jameson said, yo, I am going to show why I belong in this league for the long haul. Because for, for a guy like him, it's year to year. It's year to year production. Undrafted so free agent. So well, how do you separate yourself from the other guy? Show stuff like that. That's what you do to Sean Jamison. Bravo to you. Kudos to you. Hell of a job, man. That's the ultimate team player move right there. Busting your ass just to get a couple of blocks in. Even though it was Kirk Cousins, he got two really good blocks in to help that pick six. And, yeah, man, that's how you stick around. That's what these coaches love and see. Yeah. 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 But the Cowboys' red zone mm -hmm. offense is awful. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. I mean – if they didn't have CD Lamb and, and uh, Tony Pollard, I don't know 
what we beat. And Gallup had a pretty good game, but they're terrible in the red zone. And yeah. by the way, Texas in the red zone, two first and goals from the eight. Come on, man. Come on, Sark. Yeah. We got to get this fixed. Yeah, and they improved on certain things like the third downs and the, they got both of their fourth downs. Like they were really good there. But yeah, you know, those red zone situations, you don't want to come away with threes. You want to make sure those are sixes. And, you know, there are different times when Jake Majors, he was, you know, ball went over Quinn Ewer's head and that's on both of those guys like Jake Majors that's on him for not you know snapping it too early whatever and Quinn Ewer's just not really paying attention so I hopefully those things get cleaned up but we've seen from week why is that happening at home yeah they don't they don't screw up on the road like that yeah I mean they're gonna go into the loudest craziest most bewildering atmosphere because of the fact that you got both fan bases cheering their brains out until one of one side taps out, it is bewildering to the players. Like, why is the sound still coming? You know, because it's 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 just it never goes away. And they Texas has not made those mistakes on the on the road. They've only made those mistakes at home. It's freaking weird. But you're right. That was that was they were in Kansas territory, and that snap goes back, kills the drive. Yeah, yeah, just a little minor stuff, and we're really nitpicking here, which is beautiful. Like I, I'll take it. If you're five and zero, and these aren't problems that turn into losses, then you gotta love that, and you could clean those up. Those are mistakes that you could clean up. They could get better in the red zone. Obviously, if they don't have JT Sanders this weekend, that doesn't help because he is a great target once you get in, uh, you know, twenty yards or so. But yeah, you know, the Adonai Mitchell throw for the touchdown, like that was a red zone play. That was beautiful. Yeah, like, that, was, that was beautiful. And yours, yeah, one yard touchdown run. One yard, t- yeah. And CJ Baxter had a big time run that he almost scored, and then Jonathan Brooks ended up taking it in. So they're they're getting better. They're getting better, and I think more in the fourth quarter you're gonna see those red zone numbers go up because that's when they have teams completely worn down. They just they're so big and physical uh, for the front line. Like DJ Campbell, he's a dirty, nasty mother effer. Like you'll see him after plays. I'm like DJ, chill, because like it, I feel like the whistle's about to be blown, and he's still pushing guys and hitting guys and they chin straps and stuff. And I'm like, damn, this dude, <laughs> this dude's an animal. This dude's an animal. And sometimes you know his technique might be off just because he hasn't had as many reps as some of the other guys on this line. But you could see the upside and why. He got the start, you know, at the beginning of the season when Cole Hudson, him, they were interchanging before Cole got hurt. But listen, yeah, two weeks in a row, DJ Campbell's been the highest graded pass protector. Christian Jones has been the highest graded run blocker on the offensive line, according to your favorite pro football focus. But DJ Campbell, the top-rated pass protector, so he's he's figuring it out a little bit, and 
Yeah. Cole Hudson, I don't know if he's going to be ready this week. JT Sanders, it's going to be iffy, I'm told. Like, that looks bad. Yo, Kevin Dunn said he was screaming. I didn't hear that. Like, I, I, it looked bad. And then he tried to go back in, but they said, nah, we don't, we don't need to do this. He probably tried to go back in because he saw what Brock Bowers was doing to those Auburn Tigers. I'm like, going to win this Mackey Award before I turn pro. Yeah, he was like, yo, this dude Brock Bowers who's out here juking Here's the funny thing. I'm, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing, you know, Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, J.T. Sanders. They're all, like, trying to have big years because then they can go on, get in the draft. They all have eligibility left. And Quinn Ewers is like, I'm right here, right now. I'm not, last thing I'm thinking about is the draft. Like, I'm told if you poured truth serum in him right now, he'd be like, I'm coming back. Wow. Like, he wants to get, he wants to get it all down, down. Yeah. And I think he's, he said today, I asked him today, where are you comfort-wise second year? And so he's like, I'm definitely more comfortable and, you know, he still needs to, he need, he, I don't know what he was thinking on that. Like, I'd, I'd love to know. It's, it's a nitpick, but like, if he just brings his head around another six inches, he sees AD Mitchell wide open. He doesn't throw that pass into layered coverage to Gunnar Helm. But, you know, I think, I think Quinn wants to take his time and be sure because he knows. Look, he's look. He, he looks at Zach Wilson. He looks at some of these quarterbacks. You go to Bryce the wrong Young. <laughs> Vince Young, right? You go to the wrong place, and you're toast. They give up on you fast, unless you're Gino. Yeah, Gino hung around, lucky. hung around, hung around. Finally got his shot in Seattle, and now he's hell. He went to the Pro Bowl last year. Yeah, he got. But they give up on you fast. Carson Wentz is out of the league. He was the MVP. Well, he was on his way. He didn't win it. Nick Foles won it. Okay. What? Super Bowl MVP, by the way. Don't be bringing up Carson Wentz around here as an MVP. Oh, let's not completely disrespect Carson. I'm pretty sure that season. Well, he did had you see really him play for the Colts? Did you see him play for I, the Commanders? He looked like a fragile Fabergé yeah. egg. You sound like Rodney Harrison yesterday trashing Zach Wilson. What's up, man? I'm trying to talk about these guys' highs. You trying to talk about they lows. Well, I'm just saying that you don't he, Quinn Ewers is smart. He's yeah. making sure that he spends as much time getting comfortable, seeing all the defenses, so that no matter what comes his way, when he's finally ready to go to the NFL, whatever. I mean, he may he may ball out so big and bad these last Seven games that everyone's telling, you know, you got to go. You got to go. You'll be number one pick. Blah, 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 blah. We don't know. I mean, that's what's so cool about this season, Zay, is that this thing, and this is why Texas fans are like, oh, my God, please, please be as good as I think you are. Because each week, sign of a well-coached team, week-to-week improvement, you're seeing – I mean, Tavondre Sweat is an, a monster. So's Byron Murphy. So's Jalen Ford, Jade Barron, Jalen Catalan. I like all the corners. I like all the corners. 
Like if Ryan Watts can't go, Malik Muhammad's got to play. I'm good with that. Yeah. Offensively, now you got John Tate Cook making plays. Quinn Ewers loves the big stage, it seems. He was so composed at Alabama. Like I watched him. I watched him on the sideline. I watched him everywhere. And today, when I asked him, he's like, when I'm having fun, I'm at my best. Yeah. All right, well, let's have some fun. Yeah. Then you can go get with your OU girlfriend, but not before. Not before, Zay. That can't be going down on Friday night. That's got to be a reward for Saturday. I don't know, man. Some of the greatest have needed a little, you know, no, you know, saying a little before the game so they can focus. <laughs> so all that boxing stuff is women weaken legs. Remember Mick and Rocky? Yeah. Women weaken legs. We can't be having crazy legs yours having weak legs for the OU game because of his OU girlfriend. I mean, I hope he has more stamina than that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he did lose the weight, remember? That's not just for the feel. All right. You know so what you're, I'm saying? That's for every part me. of life. You're not helping me at That's all. That's for every part of life, Chip. Losing that weight, he should be able to go energizer bunny types. <laughs> I'm talking about focus. Again, some guys need that for the focus. We were talking to uh, Stretch about Michael Irvin last week. Yeah. Some guys need it. Some guys need it. <laughs> I wouldn't. I know my mom and dad are listening right now. Mom and dad, I wouldn't. If I was in that situation, I'd be locked in, Bible by the bed type of brother. But some guys ain't like me. Bible by the bed. (laughs) Some guys ain't like me. Some guys need that limousine. When Stretch went and took a peek and Playmaker had all them women and all those biddies showing, some guys need that. And what he say about Irvin? That dude brought it every week. So, yeah, everybody's built different, but I, Quinn, yours, you're absolutely right, man. The mentality here in 2023 opposed to last year in 2022 where he wasn't using his voice. He, you didn't see that leadership come from him because he wasn't performing on the field to where you have those skins on the wall. You feel confident using your voice and having those guys follow you with that. Now he does. You saw him on that run. He's getting the crowd up and stuff. Like He's looking at the camera after things. Just the swaggers there. They talked about the players. They talked about do you see the swagger in 2023? And they're like, yeah, we all do. He's got some swag to him. And, yeah, he's having fun out there. He's playing freely. He's very tight with his faith. Like, Quinn Ewers is doing all the right things. And, yeah, I didn't like that pass either, the interception right before the half. But I'm putting that all on Sark. Like, it was just such a weird drive, the two-minute drill which it could have been a lot more just in sync, especially with the way that you were calling the game before that. And it just seemed like everybody was just out of sorts and Quinn and Sark weren't on the right page. Like, are we trying to attack here or are we not? Because we're not using timeouts here. So you're making it look like we're just trying to go in the half good 13-7. And then Quinn was like, okay, I got to force something. And that's what you saw for that interception going to Gunner Helm. But besides that, if you look at his – Attempt rate compared to interceptions, like I want to say he's second to Sam Ellinger with that. 
Like the dude hasn't thrown an interception in a long time. So right. that's very promising. 245 pass attempts. Yeah, I'll take that. Now there's go back to Wyoming. There's a few guys that have dropped some ducks that Quinn Ewers threw, you know, where that record shouldn't be that thick. But hey, he threw one against Kansas. Hopefully he got it out of his system. I'm sure he's going to throw on another this year. Hopefully it's not this weekend. And yeah, Chip, like it seems like this team, I, I want to say they're right there too. I'm glad they're avoiding the number one team in the country conversation. I'm glad they're avoiding that. I'm glad they're avoiding, do you hate the OU, you know, statements and stuff like that. Hey, this is just another game for y'all. It's business. If you go in with that mentality, you're going to be Gucci. We've got another OU fan listening. He didn't like Sark in the golden hat. You know what I mean? But yeah, you know what? Good. Look, that golden hat is it's a tough wear because there is no give in that hat. So sometimes it's going to look good. Sometimes it's going to look a little strange. But you know what? It always looks good when you just won that game. Oh, it always looks good, man. Remember when Charlie Strong had it and he pointed his finger, the longest finger in football, Charlie Strong? (laughs) Remember that? I thought he had a cigar in his hand. I was like, Charlie, you got the biggest hands I've ever seen. Oh, man. Uh Uh-oh, we got somebody on our text line. won the golden hat, thanks to Gerard Hurd. Yeah, I I still can't believe they won that game. Wow. (laughs) I, I still don't know how they won that one. But, you know, somebody on our text line going after Burt Auburn, 512-222-9328. They said for Burt, he needs to shave that ish on his head if he keeps playing like that. Oh, it's unfiltered. It needs to shave that shit off his head <laughs> if he's going to continue to play. Sideshow Burt? Sideshow. Come on, man. Oh, man. Hey, you know what? Cheech Marin can fix those yips. <laughs> According to Heavy 7602. Uh, uh, I think 7-Eleven sells some uh, Delta 8, don't they? I don't know. I could be dead wrong. Yeah. Right oh, yeah. He get that stuff. 7-Eleven, baby. I know I go in there for my Slurpees. And listen, it's the toughest ticket in town. People quit asking me if I have tickets. I don't have tickets. Yes, I'm I asking the game too. on a press pass. I don't have tickets i don't buy tickets but if you need tickets you need to go to Sentex tickets they will get you covered and listen this is one of those games you need to go to zay and i have just told you that you're going to be rewarded if you go to this game and it's the first time these teams are both undefeated since 08 which is the best red river shootout i've ever covered Best game. Is that the Jordan Shipley punt return? Kick return. Kick return. Kick return. Yeah. They were down 11 twice in that game. Shipley's kick return came after they went down 11 for the second time. You had Bradford slinging it to Joaquin Iglesias. You had Colt. Remember, that's when Texas went to that four wide flex. They took the tight end off the field. Hint, hint. And just played Shipley where you played the tight end, flexed him, and had him on a linebacker all game, and wore their asses out. He and Quan both caught double-digit passes in that game. 
it was amazing. Chris Obanaya went nuts in that game. Earl Thomas had, what, two picks in that game of Sam Bradford? Oh, man, that was the best Red River shootout I've ever covered because it was so back and forth. It was so chaotic. And then Texas ends up winning by 10, which is what I think they'll win this game by. Yeah. So. Whew, man, I hope there's more you ready? than that. Huh? Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Are Hell you yeah. are you tired? Like, do you need to get out and do some like laps? <laughs> what you mean? I mean, you look you sounded tired. Do you need to train I, for this game? Truth, man. I'm good. Well, trust me, I'm good. By you're wearing Saturday, your, I'm good. I'm you're wearing your buoy yeah. red. Yeah, buoy red. Yeah, see, not your, y'all, y'all just not hearing shit try to play me calling this now. Well, like, I, I get on the away. show. Right here on our YouTube channel, the first thing I see over there is some red. Oh, it's that buoy red, buoy red, or buoy bulldog red. Dogs, yeah. Don't don't play me like that. Don't play me. What's it say on the front of your shirt? This Strafford great. This LeBron James shirt. Okay, I'm wearing Jordan shorts and the LeBron James shirt. Go figure. Yeah, I was just I was confused. Yeah, yeah. Because I I flip on the, you know, we jump on the channel. The Texas I mean, Sports Unfiltered YouTube channel. First thing I see is red on my man Perze. Hey, like y'all, the same listeners listening to that. Is this guy? This is the same guy that said John Tate Cook needs to take Jordan Winnington's spot. So we not spot, <laughs> not spot. Reps. Not spot. Oh my fault. Don't oh, be feeding reps. that. Don't be feeding that. Reps. Okay. Reps. He needs I'm a few reps, Zay. He needs a few more reps. By the way, there's a lady uh and a few more targets. Yeah, I'll take that too. But I saw um our girls fire the cannon, the ladies Rocky and Megan. I saw them tweet out a hustler out here putting out counterfeit horns tickets. Don't buy from that lady. I don't know what that lady's name, but I saw that tweet going around. She's been hustling people. Selling them fake Texas OU tickets. Like that might get you to the carnival somewhere in Oklahoma, but that ain't the state fair carnival ticket that she's selling you. Be careful with that. There's some scammers out here. It's 2023. What is my wife doing today? (laughs) What is she supposed to be doing? She's listening to you. She didn't even get me a ticket. And I'm like, yeah. I, I didn't even know she wanted a ticket to the game. But I think that's the point. I think that's how she she ain't even give you a ticket. So why would they expect tickets? Right. So my friends, don't be asking me for tickets. I didn't even get my wife a ticket. <laughs> At least your wife listens. She hears me enough. She can't hear me talking straight sports. That's the way I might get divorced if she heard that. Earlier in the show, my wife said this. I appreciate that, baby. You picked yeah. that, that wasn't that? a bad one though. I was looking good till that last drive, Zay. Yeah, you were. They gave up that Notre Dame booty right on that last drive. <laughs> I was set. Yeah. I Somebody on so our uh, text line, I know we got one minute, but on our text line says that Isaiah Nayor needs reps. I don't know about that one, guys. I know. Oh. I just worry, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you're thinking that you would lose him mentally for like the long haul, not just I think, this year. Oh, I think. Oh, if if Isaiah Nair doesn't get on the field, he's gone. 
Jeez. And he's if if AD Mitchell leaves for the draft, kind of like to see what Isaiah Nayer has. Yeah. But what do I know? Sark's Sark's the man. I mean, he pulled AD Mitchell out of his rear end. True. True. I mean, everybody wants to play for Sark. Every receiver who's maybe even thinking about leaving their current situation wants to play for Sark because they're watching, they're watching Worthy and Mitchell getting all these balls. Now John Tate Cook. Jordan Whittington when he catches it. And hopefully that's what we got to trust for him to stay. Oh, come on. See, that's what you want to say. We got to go. The show's over. It's been too long. You want his spot gone. Jordan went to come back for his, what, super senior year. And you want him to lose his spot. I want him to catch the ball. (laughs) Yep. This is is the Chip Brown, Matt Brown warned us about. This is why. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Listen, we'll have more fun tomorrow. Perse Hilton is going to have some more what I found on social media. Okay. They want it. I got you. I got you. They want it. And we'll have Chris Hummer, our national college football expert, who is going to the Texas OU game this week. And we'll talk to our man, Hank South, about the recruiting you know, booty that Sarkeesian is trying to reel in. And we got, we got stuff for you, man. We got a big week planned and we will be, or I'll be in Dallas on Friday. We got all kinds of stuff going on, but Zay's laughing at me. I'm not on that one. Recruiting booty. Wow. (laughs) Well, you know, like the pirate booty. Oh, I, the treasure, the recruiting treasure. Okay, that, okay yeah, I'm glad you smoothed that out. Because sorry, man. the recruiting treasure Oof. that Sark is working on. Wow. That's... All right, <laughs> appreciate y'all, man. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Y'all see you tomorrow. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>